chances. So this is back when we were temporarily living in uh, Crevecourt, Illinois, which is a suburb of Peoria, Illinois. My dad had moved there to take a, a church in town. After being at the country church for several years, he, for whatever reason, I never knew why, we went to the city. And we only lasted about two years there and went back to the country. Anyway, so we were living there. And it was embarrassing because I'd been so excited the day I got my new bike. I went out and found my friends, and together we rode all over the neighborhood in Creve Coeur. And I, it was sort of like a victory lap for me. Uh, my bright red shiny bicycle with uh, handlebar tassels flying and chrome spokes gleaming. It was a beautiful thing. And I was very proud. Then it happened. I was riding along, my chest pumped up and with pride, and my friends following me like we were in a parade. And suddenly, the pedal fell off. It just fell off. I was mortified. I had to push the bike three blocks back to the house with my friends trailing along. You know, there's something about things that are new. Uh, we give them special attention above and beyond the normal and the ordinary. Putting the pedal back on the bike turned out to be rather easy to do, but somehow my new bike wasn't quite the same. Now for a while I treated it with uh, TLC, you know, I, I took care of it, I cleaned it and I oiled the chain and I looked at it admiringly, but the pedal had fallen off and it was somehow less than it had been and my special attention slowly waned. It wasn't new anymore. The newness was gone, my concern, my care lessened, my new bike became ordinary. We are uh, into a new year, we're well into it now, three months. And as this new year, <coughs> excuse me, arrived, uh, I'm sure we all had visions of what the year would be like for us and what we were planning to do and maybe changes we were going to make, decisions we were going to follow through on. And so we set off in this new year and here we are three months into it. And I wouldn't be surprised if already, somewhere along the way, and if it hasn't happened yet, it will, the pedal fell off. And for each of us, it was or will be something different. A disappointment, a failure, a tragedy. Something happened or will happen. Or maybe nothing will happen. And our expectations sink. 
In some cases, it's something that can be changed and fixed. Sometimes not. But no matter, it's kind of changed us. All that excitement, all that vision, all that hope for the coming year. Somehow now it's common. It's not new anymore. You know, looking back, uh, I realize how much I enjoy that old bike. All the journeys it took me on, we moved back to the country shortly after that, back to that same church there in the country. And I just remember all, all the, the trips I made on that bike almost every day when the weather permitted. All the adventures it took me on. I never got a new bike. But the things I discovered on that old one will always be a part of me. Maybe, maybe the newness needs to wear off sometimes. Maybe only then can we appreciate the encounters we come to in life on our journey. Maybe we just need to make the most of the chances that come our way. Instead of getting all hyped up about our plans and our vision and, and uh, what we're determined to do, sometimes we get so focused on that that we don't see the things that are right in front of us. We don't see the opportunities. We don't see the chances that God gives us to do good things for Him. Maybe the pedal needs to fall off sometimes. Bring us back down to earth. Get us to open our eyes. So I want to talk to you this morning about chances. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you well into our new year. And, and Father, I don't know what personally each one of us had set as goals. I don't know what each one of us had set in our minds of things that we wanted to do, things that we wanted to accomplish. And yet, Father, you have given us, just given us so many chances in life to do things for your kingdom's sake, to reach out to people, to touch people, to hear people, to listen to people, to become a part of their lives, to let them become a part of ours, to show them your love. Father, help us to consider very prayerfully and very carefully that each and every day you are giving us the opportunity, you are giving us the chance to do something great for your kingdom. And as we study this now and look at the life of the Apostle Peter, help us to learn from it, to understand that we need to take chances. In Christ's name, amen. So I want to talk to you about the Apostle Peter. Here's an ordinary guy who was given some chances. There was that day down on the seashore. 
He and his brother Andrew, they were casting their nets. It was just another day, like so many that make up the weeks and the months and the years. The conversation, I suspect, uh, between the two brothers was uh, probably mundane. They maybe talked about the weather. They maybe talked, maybe talked about uh, what their catch might be that day. Uh, maybe they had some brotherly banter with one another. Maybe they argued a little bit, like brothers and sisters sometimes do. There probably was no expectation of anything different that day. After all, it was just another day. And then Jesus came walking up to them. And he said something to them so completely unexpected, so absolutely extraordinary. And suddenly, out of nowhere, Peter, on this ordinary day, had the chance to change his world forever. I think the words Jesus spoke must have left uh, the two of them a little speechless. I'm just assuming here because Scripture doesn't tell us if they, they said anything. But I think, I think maybe they were a little speechless because this was just extraordinary. Out of, the, out of nowhere on this ordinary day when they were just going to go fishing. It doesn't say that that they responded. It doesn't say that they, well, what? You want us to do what? You're kidding, right? You just want us to drop our nets and follow you and become fishers of men? Do Do you think we're crazy or something? On an ordinary day, a chance came along. He didn't have to do it. He could have shrugged it off. He could have returned to casting his nets like he always did. Every other day, he could have just kept doing what he always did. And at the end of the day, everything would have pretty much ended like it always ended. For you see, when you do what you've always done, you pretty much usually get what you've always gotten. It's only when you take a chance that new possibilities arise. You know, when Jesus came, he changed everything. But sometimes in the church, we're afraid to change anything. You know, the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of how we look at it sometimes. Of course, now, if you think about that saying, honestly, we'd still be having horse-drawn buggies out here. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And Peter took the chance Jesus gave him 
And nothing was ever the same. He did become a fisher of men. He followed and he learned at the feet of Jesus. He learned about hope and forgiveness and salvation. He learned that he had abilities he never realized that he had and that he could use those abilities to turn people to Jesus and the kingdom of God. Peter, the simple fisherman, went from casting a net into the sea and drawing in a few fish to standing on the day of Pentecost in front of thousands and proclaiming the gospel of Christ. With simple but powerful words, he cast a net over the crowds. And when he drew it in, over 3,000 people accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it was only the beginning, because thousands more would come in the years that follow, all because Peter took the chance that was given to him. He didn't have to. He could have shrugged his shoulders. He could have just kept doing what he always did because he was comfortable there. He knew that. He knew what to expect. But instead, he took the chance on something new, something different. Sometimes, however, after we take a chance and go where we've never gone before, things don't always go smoothly. Sometimes the pedal falls off. You see, there was another time by the sea. It was near daybreak. And Peter, along with some of the other disciples, once again, they were fishing. They were fishing because they didn't think there was anything else to do. Jesus had been crucified. He'd been buried. And while they knew that he'd been raised from the dead, and they'd even seen him, there was a sense of loss. And for Peter, I'm confident there was a sense of failure. And the reason there was a sense of failure is because after following Jesus and sitting at his feet and hearing his lessons of the kingdom of God and after witnessing the miracles that he saw and, and seeing the people that turned to God, after being a part of all of that, you know, sort of like riding that shiny new bike, Peter had one of those awful, terrible, heartbreaking, deflate, deflating crushing moments when everything went wrong. He had tried to be strong. He had tried to stand his ground. He had tried to be the man that Jesus called him to be. He tried to defend Jesus when they came into the garden to arrest him. It was Peter who took out a sword and swung it at the high priest's servant. Jesus rebuked him. Put your sword away, Peter. Don't you understand that this is something I have to do? But Peter couldn't just give up. He didn't know what to do, and so he followed and even went into the courtyard just outside where they were interrogating Jesus. He wanted to do something. 
And you have to give him credit for that. But when the people around the fire started questioning him about being with Jesus, what did he do? He denied it. Not once, not twice, but three times. And when he denied him that third time, the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken to him just a short time before, right after Peter had adamantly declared that he would would never leave Jesus. When you hear the rooster crow, Jesus said, you will have denied me three times. The scripture says at that moment, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Obviously, where Peter was and where Jesus was being interrogated was close enough, and they were in eyesight of one another. Scripture says that when the rooster crowed, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And I have, it doesn't say so, but I have this feeling that their eyes must have met. And scripture tells us that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Failure can do that to us. It can drain us of every ounce of strength that we have. It can crush our hearts. It can dismantle our sense of worth. Peter had taken a chance just three years earlier, and it looked like the world was his. Everything was going so right, and then everything went wrong. Jesus was betrayed, arrested, about to be tried and executed, and Peter had the chance to at least admit that he was a follower. But instead, he denied He ever knew Jesus. It was a crushing of his heart. It was a dismantling of his sense of worth and purpose. And so while Jesus had indeed been raised from the dead, Peter still felt that he was a failure and that Jesus would never want him to follow again. And so on this morning, once again down by the seashore, Peter went fishing. He didn't know what else to do. Just go back to doing what he'd always done. And you know the story. Jesus came to them on the seashore. He built a fire. He invited them to come and have breakfast with him. Peter and John were out in the boat and Scripture tells us that when Peter realized who it was on the shore, that he jumped out of the boat and swam to shore. Now we don't know, because Scripture doesn't tell us, whether or not they sat there and talked with one another. The disciples, maybe they just ate. They all knew it was Jesus. But after all that had happened, 
they probably didn't really know what to say. And in my imagination, and in just my imagination, I can see the Apostle Peter sitting there, even though he, had, he was excited and swam to the shore when he came there in the presence of Jesus. I just have a feeling that he remembered that moment when their eyes met. And somehow I don't think he could have looked Jesus in the eye. I think he probably sat there with his head down. And so after they'd eaten, Jesus broke the silence. And he spoke. And he spoke to Peter. Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter, probably still with his head down, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said to Peter, tend my sheep. And again, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said to Peter, then shepherd my sheep. And the third time, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter, filled with that that deep sense of failure, said, Lord, you know, you know I love you. Jesus said, tend my sheep. Why did Jesus ask him three times? Perhaps, perhaps because Peter had denied him three times. We don't know, but perhaps. Perhaps it gave Peter the opportunity having denied him three times to confirm in his own heart and mind that yes he did love him and to say it three times but what did it all mean Jesus' final word to the Apostle Peter. He said what Peter surely never expected to hear again. He said, follow me. It was another chance. Another chance. His failure did not define him. We let that happen to us, don't we? We let our failures define us. We see ourselves as... That's the way we see ourselves, as that failing, falling person. He did not let the failure define him. He did not have to imprison him did not have to prevent him from making the most of the chances that lie before him. We all make mistakes. We all fail. 
But that doesn't have to define us. We can still do what God calls us to do. Because Jesus still says to us, follow me. And not so far into the future, Peter was there, as we said on that day of Pentecost, preaching to thousands. And on that one day, over 3,000 would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and be baptized into Him because one man took a chance that he was given. The question is, what shall we do with our chances? Shall we keep doing what we've always done? Just go back to the normal? Just go back to the routine? Just go back to what we're comfortable with? Just go back to what's easy, what we know. Shall we make the same decisions we've always made? Shall we work the same way we've always worked? Shall we act the same way we've always acted? Will it just be another day, another week, another month, another year? All the same, nothing new, nothing different. Nothing better than before. Will anything change? Will we change? If nothing changes, the truth is something does change. change that comes is something that takes place slowly but inevitably there is death and I'm not talking about physical death although that comes too of course I'm talking about our interest in the things of God our passion to see his kingdom grow our heart for the lost, our vision for what God could do in our life, in the life of this church, our willingness to be used by God. If nothing changes, something will change, and all of that will slowly die. But what if God were saying, I'm giving you a chance to go where you've never gone before. I'm giving you a chance to do something you've never done before. I'm giving you a chance to be more than you've ever been before. You know, Peter left an old way of life for a new life, and his life was never the same. And though it wasn't easy, there were difficulties, there were even more failures. But God kept putting the chances there for Peter, and he kept taking them. He took them, and the world was never the same. And so I want to end this this morning with a question, two questions really. First on a personal level, and then as a congregation. Are we going to be open 
to taking chances in our life as this year goes forward? Or are we just going to do what we've always done? And as a church, are we going to be open to taking chances? Or are we just going to stay out in the boat? Or are we going to jump out, swim to shore, and grab the chance that Jesus gives us? This morning I want to <clears throat> close this message with a song. Uh, this song is one you probably know. But I want to use this song this morning as, it's an invitation song. And I just want you to bow your heads and think about the words. Uh, and I hope challenged and motivated to understand that God is giving each of us a chance to pursue what this song is all about. And I pray that we will take those chances and that we will accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Because you see, people need the Lord. Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care Headed who knows where On they go in private Living fear to fear Laughter hides their silent cries Only Jesus hears People need the Lord People What would be too great? 
cost for sharing life with one who's lost. Through his love our hearts can feel all the grief they bear. They must hear his words of Thank you.